Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Slim, about to hit you with another episode of The Backdoor Cut with my boy, The Professor. And we're going to talk about the Grizzlies past week, talk about the Grizzlies upcoming week, talk about Jaron Jackson, um, how we can get Mike and Mark some help, as well as the Joe Kim Noah signing, which is leading some of you to drink. If you are going to drink, then check out our sponsor, Blue Note Bourbon artfully crafted in memphis to honor the deep history of the memphis blues um and i mean it's a good bourbon if you like bourbon try it out if you're over 21 um remember to please drink responsibly don't be drinking and driving um drinking and acting crazy we don't need nothing like that without any further ado let's get into it going on everybody it's your boy slim and i am joined by bro and we are here for another episode of the backdoor cut it is monday evening november 26th um so no grizzlies game tonight but we are here to um kind of wrap up the week that just was take a look at the week ahead talk about some crazy ass trade scenarios grizzlies twitter is proposing um, and just talk all things Grizz here, uh, probably about 30, 45 minutes. We'll see how long it goes. But uh, before before we jump into everything, Professor, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Man, I can't complain. Uh, you know, had a good Thanksgiving, as we hope all of our listeners did. And back to the grind this morning and uh, back to re- real life. Yeah, you got to uh, witness your first in-game experience for the Grizz this year out on the West Coast. Huh? How was that? Yeah, so I went to see him play the Clippers on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, a little afternoon matinee. It was it was a weird experience. It's always a weird experience going into an uh, arena that's not FedEx Forum, but especially going to the Staples Center and it not being a Lakers game. Yeah, um, everything is just so generic because that building is used over and over again um, for so many different teams and things like that. It it, it you just don't feel like you're in anyone's home, really. Yeah. Uh, damn sure not the Clippers. I haven't made it to a Lakers <laughs> game this year, but it definitely does not feel like the Clippers' home. Um, it the crowd the crowd was very weak early on, but once they went on their third quarter run, which uh, you know, I'm sure oh, we'll talk third about quarter runs, huh? Yeah, we'll talk about these third quarters here in a minute, but. It, it really livened up, and uh, there in the fourth quarter in overtime, they had a nice crowd. So it was an overall good experience. Uh, no one was, you know, rude to us for wearing Grizzlies gear or anything like that. We got there early and watched the end of the Memphis Tigers football game in their little bar, um, oh, kind of cool. kind of like the Jack Daniels or Let It Fly Lounge or whatever it's called now, but Bud Light Lounge. Get <laughs> <laughs> your sponsorships, correct? <laughs> yeah, my bad. Um, so yeah, it was a good time. You know, hated to see us lose, but Lou Williams is the man. So yeah, he can hoop. He he he's a Grizz killer for sure. Yeah, there's just too many of those out there. But yeah, man, how was your Thanksgiving? Pretty good. Just you know, laid around, watched a lot of college basketball. Got a got my hopes up. Friday, city of Memphis had what a football win, basketball win, almost a Grizzlies win, and then. Kind of weekend was kind of sad on Sunday with Tigers and Grizzlies both kind of underperforming. But yeah, yeah, we, we went from the highest of highs in the middle of the week to you know we did we didn't end the week so great. But no, not we'll, at all. We'll blame it on the holidays. So, anyways, let's get in. Last week the Grizzlies played the Mavericks. Then we played San Antonio in San Antonio. Then we played the aforementioned uh, Clippers game in L.A., and then we came home and played the Knicks on Sunday. Um, bro, let's just kind of recap these games. Obviously, we went 
two and two beating the Mavs and the Spurs, and then we fell to the Clippers and Knicks. Um, let's talk about the wins a little bit. That Mavs game and that Spurs game. What were kind of some of the highlights and um, things that you saw that stood out? Yeah, so kind of with uh, with the Mavs. DeAndre Jordan, he's been a really big addition to their team. That's something I kind of was looking forward to seeing this summer when he uh, when he signed with them. That man is just – he's just a monster. And now he actually can shoot free throws, which I was unaware of his uh, new free throw technique. Do you know about this? I do not. Where So he, uh, he does something apparently where he like asks a teammate a really obvious question when he gets the ball from the ref. So he, he looks down to the block to whoever is down there and he asks them something and because the answer is always a nod. And then he goes and just like, and then shoots his free throw. But he's shooting like 80% this year as opposed to the 50 something percent that he has been shooting in his yeah. career. Hey, it's only weird if it doesn't work. I guess so. But it, it was highly entertaining. But he, I mean, he grabbed 20 boards on us and 17 points. He played 38 minutes against us because when he was not in there, you could definitely tell they were, they were hurting. But uh, outside of that, other takeaways, Dennis Smith is freaking fast. Yeah. That man could get up and down the court. Like, so just seeing him in person was really impressive. Yeah. Uh, what What about Mark? How did he go at DeAndre? I know he's been going at all the centers, all the big-time centers. I think this was the only game I, I, I didn't see. Yeah, I'm trying to remember because that was – last week but he did i think he did well to start off and then just because of sheer minutes of deandre being in there he started to kind of rake up some stats against some of the other guys that had to come in there and try to guard him um just because he's got such a nose for the ball he definitely got his fair share of alley-oops and dunks as you know he does that's kind of where 90 percent of his offense comes from which is fascinating to me because we you know we've never really had anyone that scored a bunch off of alley-oops at least that that i can remember right no yeah i mean you're mark's you're not flying that. through the paint or anything well but uh offensively how was mark how many points did he end up with uh in that game uh mark had 17 uh really that was a big mike game he had 28 uh 28 points and he had seven threes that game seven on 11 which that's right. It was that might have been tied his career high or something like that? But he he really showed out that game. He was a plus eighteen, so that was pretty impressive. And then how was how was Jaron? No, Jaren, big rookie matchup. Yeah, Jaron put in thirteen points. Only had three rebounds, but he did have four blocks, and he actually played a lot of minutes that game. He got thirty six minutes. Uh, strong so that's pretty good showing at least time wise from him and only three fouls which you think would be kind of surprising against you know someone like jordan down there yeah definitely so uh we took care of business against the mavs and we went on to the san antonio where it feels like we haven't won in forever um i think our last win was december 2014 down there and um demar DeRozan has stepped into Kawhi's old role i guess even though Kawhi didn't play it last year and the spurs uh, they they just kind of kept on chugging along they're um right there in the standings right around where we are the grizzlies are currently 12 and 7 um and it was a crazy ending uh like we've kind of come when we're not getting blown out it's like we kind of come to expect against the spurs um so let's see what all happened right there we we demar derozan hit the hit the dagger we thought yeah to go up by three yeah yeah Yeah, he went up by three then mark gets fouled uh shooting a three shout out to rudy (laughs) (laughs) still a (laughs) great and then mark hits all of his uh, free throws to go to ot Mm -hmm. i'm kind of blank yeah yeah, I, well, well uh, and right after that, LaMarcus Aldridge had a chance to win it. Um, and they, they Mark Mark made some contact with him on his jump shot, and the refs kind of gave us the benefit of, of the no call. And we went on to win that game. Um, who, who led us in that game in scoring? I, I can't remember. I, Mike or Mark, I feel like. Oh, uh, yeah. They, it was – yeah, Mike had, Mike had 30 that game, and Mark had 20, so – Mike had two back-to-back really good games. And Mike had nine assists also. So yeah, he was yeah. killing. And then 
obviously something that kept the Spurs in was freaking Patty Mills. Patty Mills is that guy for San Antonio, that role player that always gets us. Always. Just going always, back to the playoffs a couple years ago. Oh, he was he's pesky guy. And I feel like they have like cloned Patty Mills several times and they're just getting little pieces in uh in like Forbes and just all the other guards that they've had. They all kind of they they just find those guys with that energy, that uh defense, quick hands, and it, it seems like no matter who's on the Spurs, they can knock down threes when they play us. Um, but nice to get a win in San Antonio. Um, you know, nice to get a win against the Spurs regardless, but especially down in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, then we had the Friday game with the Clippers, um, which we jumped out to a big lead. And then the third quarter came and the offense just kind of stalled. Um, th- this was the game. Jaron Jackson had 20 points and, um, he was kind of looking like one of the best players on the floor between two good teams for a large part of that game. I think he had like seven boards and three assists and three blocks. Um, Mark had 27 that game, and really the Clippers just didn't have anyone that could that could guard him. Gortat, um, he's get he's kind of he might be washed up. He's not really bringing much to the table. Montrez Harrell on the Clippers is a fun guy to watch, man. Yeah, he's really this whole season. He's really had a breakout year, and like kind of an undersized center, but plays can play a lot of minutes. He, I mean, this game he played twice as many minutes as Gortat did. So he's out there, you know, banging bodies, getting rebounds, had a double double off the bench. I mean, that's pretty. Now, if he's not averaging a double double, it's damn near because I mean he has been that guy for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're bit, I mean, to have him and Lou Will coming off the bench, that's like pretty big deal. Yeah, that's a – and then they it's either Avery Bradley or Patrick Beverly coming off the bench with them. Um, mm-hmm. they, they rotate who starts because they, they're always starting Gilgis Alexander now, um, who's – his numbers aren't gaudy, but from – I get the Clippers games out here, and they really like his play, um, and he, he's going to be in that starting lineup, it seems like, for the rest of the year, no matter what, mm-hmm. uh, um, just because he, he's, you know, obviously a lottery pick and in the future. So – uh, then they got a big Bobin Marjanovic down low, who <laughs> that's a big man. Oh, every time I see him, I'm like, damn, that dude big. Uh, but none, none of them could do anything with Mark, um, who had 27, 13 boards, seven assists, um, just kind of hitting big shot after big shot until Mike Conley went out of the game. Uh, this was something I had never seen before, and I'm, I'm sure the the uh, Twitter Twitterers were you know spouting off the stats of how many times someone's picked up five fouls in a quarter, which is what happened to Mac Eleven, um, and I think he fouled out with like three minutes to go, I want to say, and we were up ten, up eight or ten, and we just we, <laughs> once he went out of the game, we could not do done. anything. And I mean, they, Lou Williams, I had, I had actually tweeted earlier in the game when it was close. I was like, uh, you know, this this is fine, but we need to establish a lead because Lou Williams is not who I want to play against uh, in a one possession game. Uh-uh. And sure enough, he got hot. He was just it, it seemed like whoever had the ball for them was just getting to the rim, which once Mike got out, which doesn't make sense because let's be honest it's not like mike is a great on-ball defender at stopping you from getting to where you want to go yeah uh so i I don't know what happened but we just completely collapsed without mike down the stretch um they end up sending it into overtime yeah we didn't have a chance once it went there yeah i mean the building was rocking and without mike and um shelvin who shelvin mack who started the season off probably as as good as he could has kind of came back down to earth and mm-hmm. we'll talk about him once we finish recapping these next couple of games. But that was the Clippers game, man. It was, it was right there. You know, the Clippers and us, I think we were playing for first place in the West at the time. And once Mike Conley went out of the game, we couldn't do anything. Uh, you know, offensive rebounding, still killing us, giving up those boards um, and just on ball defense. 
Yeah, and then that takes us to yesterday, to Sunday, back in Memphis playing uh, the Knicks. So Fizdale returned. Obviously, the Knicks do not have Kristaps Porzingis. He's out for – is he out the whole year or is he just out like uh, – I, th- I think they, they probably – No reason to play him, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they expect him back. If he comes back, they might put him in here and there, but I think he's hurt. Yeah, but the main storyline to this was just falling apart in the third quarter. Grizzlies went into halftime with a five-point lead, something like that, and then they lost the third quarter by 16 points, 35 to 19. So they pretty much self-destructed, couldn't get a bucket, and then the fourth quarter they only won by they beat they won that quarter by a couple points, but just too little, too late, just because we not we don't have enough offensive firepower to come back that late in the game yeah and in that third quarter we actually pushed our lead up before i think we let them go on a 25 to 5 run and uh that's that's when they took the game over because i think we pushed our lead up to as much as 13 uh early early in the third and then you know it's just kind of those Cantor was obviously killing us dude Um, he was yeah canner was and Vonley early from early in the game, uh, it, Vonley was very chippy. He and Jamichael got into. It. I think, yeah, they both they got a double tech for getting into it with each other. Yeah, and yeah. Vonley and Cantor, they're some pretty physical dudes. But Cantor was just he was working Jaron and Mark down low. Even he he had a really good game. Yeah, and and you mentioned that double technical, and it's something that I've been thinking about these past couple of games is. I, I'm I'm not like the guy who is, you know, oh, don't get a technical. Usually I'm fine with guys getting texts, but we're not good enough to give teams these uh-uh. free points. And uh and honest to be quite frank, Jamichael Green's not good enough. Garrett Temple's not good enough. Like these guys are not good enough to be getting technicals. Um and then letting letting that kind of just take over their emotions of how they play. So that's just something I've noticed the past couple of games I, I don't like. You, it, I wish Mike Conley would get a technical every game. Uh, <laughs> it's, but we all thought I thought it was going to happen in L.A., but guess not. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we also had some mental errors, like defensive three seconds, so we gave up free points there, and we, we just cannot afford to do that against anyone, even a, a struggling Knicks team, which they had one, two, five guys go off for double figures against us. Which is no yeah. good. Who all? Yeah. Who all? Who all were those five? You had Cantor, Cantor, and Hardaway had twenty-one, twenty-two. Moutier had seventeen, and then Trey Burke fifteen. Alonzo Trier had ten. Yeah, so so a lot of guards who can kind of just get buckets, which is where we've struggled. Uh, just on ball stopping your man. You know, teams that like to move the ball and, and make the extra pass. We've actually done pretty well at guarding those teams, but. Guys who just want to face us up and get buckets, man on man, mano y mano. We can't, we can't get a stop. So I don't blame them. That at you don't want to go in the paint and mess with Marcus Gasol and Jaron Jackson right now. So no. if, you, if you got a guard who can score, and that's the yeah. way to go. And the 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 big killer I think was the free throws. Memphis was eleven of 58 percent from the free throw line. Yeah, that's, so that, that's tough. That's terrible. You're not. That's really going to kill you. And we didn't really have a. It, it was just kind of a. It was an up and down kind of sad game, but definitely a bright spot there was freaking Jaron. I, I felt like yesterday, at least of the home games I've been to, that was one where it was really like, holy cow, this kid's legit. Because he he hit four. He was six of six for the game, four four from three. Which I is that the most threes he's made in a game. I I think so. Got to be. Yeah, he was just he was hitting them from all areas beyond the arc. He'd make a play on offense, come down to the other end, and get a block. And he had seven blocks, and we had nineteen as a team, and still lost that game. Yeah, that was that was ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, what I like about Jaron's blocks is a lot of them are coming off ball, coming from the weak side. Wait until the guy goes up. And then he's just timing it, and he's got freaking long arms, so he's able to capitalize on that. It's beautiful. You can like see it developing, and when he doesn't get a foul called on him, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so luckily, these past few games, it seemed that he he's been getting a better whistle. Um, hopefully, that continues. But 
in both of those losses when Mike fouled out against the Clippers and then late versus the Knicks after we had to make the comeback um, to get back in the game, Mike was dead tired, and you uh-huh, could, yeah. we, tr- we tried to take him out, and the Knicks pushed their lead back up. Uh, so I don't know how we, we're going to do it, but we can't continue to run Mike as, as and, and Mark, quite frankly, uh, as many minutes as we're running them and expect them to be able to just carry us every game. Uh, I don't – Mike's conditioning, I don't know if his conditioning is just still like trying to get caught caught back up to, you know, playing NBA basketball or what it is. Yeah, I mean, or, they did have a four games last week, so kind of towards the end of that was – that's that was pushing it for him you know yeah yeah so hopefully it was a a week that kind of helped him to get back in shape and this week is rather light it's three games um but they're they're really spread out so this kind of seems like a good week for him to get some rest um but yeah like how i guess we can jump right into kind of our roster analysis and the team how how can we get more scoring without counting on Mike and Mark to, you know, carry us every minute of every game. Yeah, because the, the thing is that with the pace we play and the defense that we play, you kind of know every game's going to be around 100 points for both teams. So we don't we really don't have the firepower to blow anyone out, which is not good because that means we're leaving guys on the end of the bench that we're never going to get in the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Javon Carter's never going to get minutes because we got to freaking play Mike like 36 minutes a game no matter what, and and because if Shelvin's not on, then you know we're we're back to where we we've been the past few games where we get L's. Well, so that, maybe Javon should see some minutes when when Shelvin's not playing like like he was to start the season. Yeah, because Javon's hooping down in South Haven. He's I think 20 point he's had a at least one 30 point game and he's averaging 20 points down there. Yeah. And so I, I mean, I think the last five games I was looking at this earlier, I think Shelvin's averaging like five points and two assists in 22 minutes. So, I mean, it's not like we're losing a great deal of production. If this continues, obviously he's earned the right to kind of, I don't know. I would like to see Javon here and there, but he—I'll give him the benefit that he has earned the right to, uh, you know, have a little longer rope. But I will say, I don't like the Mike and Shelvin lineup as much as everyone. And like to, to close out games or just at all? Uh, I mean, I like it for for points here and there against other teams' benches, but they can't guard anyone. <laughs> like we, yeah. that, they can't guard anyone. So, um, but. How what what have you thought about the wing players? Uh Temple's obviously cooled off. Uh you got Kyle who splits time between the wing and the post, and then um Selden and Marshawn who have been coming off the bench. You know, obviously Dylan's still out with his injury. Um but just kind of those four you you think we're I'm trying not to give away my thoughts. What do you think about those four guys? <laughs> well, I think I know what your thoughts are, but I, I would like to see. So between Selden and Brooks, I, what I would like to see is you pick one and go with them for a few games, you know, get them some minutes in the twenties. I think right now they're averaging Wayne's getting like uh 17 or so. And then uh, Marshawn's getting a little bit less than that. So I think you need to just kind of, instead of kind of, piecemealing them and trying to figure it out that way i'd like to i'd like to see more of just picking one and riding that horse as they say to see if if they're capable because i know when marshawn gets in there that man's shooting you know he's his usage rate is like (laughs) it's like 40 percent for those 11 minutes that he's in the game which is it's tough for me to swallow i guess because he's not getting the volume so if you have an off night, you end up with like two points, you know, two points on five or six shots. He did. He has played. What confuses me is that he has played some good defense. Thinking back to a specific possession against Doncic last week, he played really good defense against him. And I was like, well, why can't you do that all the time? You know, like if you did that, that would significantly increase your playing time. I feel like, and you know, help alleviate the pressure a little bit on defense for everyone else when you're in the game. 
Yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree with those. Um, so I'm, I'm going to start with Temple. Uh, I think he's fine. You know, he's, he's a solid, solid NBA player. But if if we have to part ways with him in a trade and we we upgrade or not even upgrade, if we get someone of a similar similar talent who's younger um, or if we keep him and sign him to, you know, a two year extension later on next summer, then I'd be cool either way. He's, he's a good player. Yeah, um, I've been pretty impressed with what I've seen so far from him. Now, obviously, we knew we we knew he was going to cool off after his hot start, just like Mac. So he's just regressing to the mean. Kyle Kyle's kind of been the subject of of you you going to his defense in the in the Grizz Nation <laughs> Facebook group because <laughs> uh, because he doesn't put up gaudy numbers he doesn't uh-uh. he doesn't hit the threes I mean you can tell he do, he doesn't even want to shoot the fucking threes he's like <laughs> when he catches it oh yeah he he looks like, like me out there he's like ah. And then just a pass back to the point guard. Where are you at? <laughs> like until until the ball leaves his hand, it, you can tell he's like not sure about it. Like until it just rolls off his fingers. But uh, he's he's been good defensively. Like part of the reason we are so good defensively. Mm-hmm. His offense is. I mean, it's. I just we when we brought him in, we said we were going to use him as more as that more of that point forward, and we've done that like literally like times <laughs> not at all oh yeah um, so so and he's also a lot better when he's playing as the backup four man or or you know like his post defense is really good and he can rebound and so i'm wondering if maybe that's a way to get mike a little rest um especially if shelvin's not giving you what you need then you just let kyle take over the backup point guard duties like mm-hmm. we were kind of saying the whole time so it'd be interesting to see if we struggle in the next couple of games if if jb makes those you know kind of rotation changes or role changes i guess but i think that's something we need to look into um then selden like like i told you guys the other day like it's like he comes in and hits a three and i'm like all right let's go wayne and then like you, you don't hear from him for the rest of the game yeah, uh, yeah he's a big like i get in the game make a splash and then disappear guy but then he'll he'll go three for three of three on threes, and like some of them will be big late in the game. Uh, he's honestly like he I don't I don't know I don't know if what we can do with him. But one thing I do know, Professor, is that Marshawn Brooks uh-huh. needs, needs to be used more. I mean, we're sitting here. Everyone who covers the Grizzlies is talking about how we can find more ways to generate offense and like. He's right there. It's Marshawn Brooks. And we didn't even play him against the Clippers, who have what we hope he can become in Lou Williams. Like, I feel like in that game, especially once Mike went out, like, just toss in Marshawn. Hell, maybe he'll get a bucket to <laughs> nobody else can score. Maybe he will. And I feel like that's when our second unit is at its best because, I mean, you don't want Wayne Selden trying to create because he's either going to turn it over just by dribbling it or throw that bitch 10 rows into the crowd. <laughs> uh, I mean, Shelvin, he, he is what he is. We, we've already talked about all these guys, but if, if you're not going to feature Jaron Jackson when Mike and Mark aren't in the game and like make him shoot it every time, then do it to Marshawn. Like let Marshawn do it. And I would just like to, like you were talking about giving him that long rope, a couple games of 25 minutes or so, just, See, see, maybe, maybe it's a complete failure. But like you said, he he can score. His defense has proven not horrible. Um, and honestly, we've got solid team defenders. So if you have a weak link out there, like it's not the end of the world. He's he's no worse than most like your average NBA player at defense. And it's like people used to say that with Troy Daniels. It was like, okay, if he gives up two points here and there, but he's scoring twelve, like. Just it's simple math. Like offense outweighs defense, and it always has, and it probably always will. Um, and he's not a horrible. He does have some passes where you're like, "Damn!" <laughs> like as a Marshawn stand, you're like, "Wish you wouldn't have done that," you know. <laughs> <laughs> but he he's proven capable to like run the pick and roll and find players, find the open guy more times than not. So I would just like to see him get more run and and just give him that nod over Selden. Um, 
I could not believe he didn't play in that Clippers game. That really, that really, I was taken aback. It really doesn't make sense why we don't have that many players that can score to not like play him at all. You know, not even right. give him his 15, thirteen minutes he's averaging. Yeah, and I mean, you're not even helping him to be a, a trade piece like come yeah. deadline time. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think maybe things kind of got a little convoluted because we won some games early that we weren't supposed to win and. Um, maybe JB and the coaching staff were just trying to ride that wave and get as many wins as we could and ride Mike and Mark um, to kind of give ourselves that cushion um, before the inevitable, you know, couple games off here and there, that type of stuff. But a guy who doesn't need any games off is Jaron Jackson. Jaron. And today on Twitter, people were entertaining the idea of Packaging him in a trade. I think it was like with Garrett Temple for Bradley Beal. Please please tell me why you would think why anyone would want to do that. Why would you want to trade the most exciting player that we've had in like ever? he He could very well be the best Grizzly ever, right? Yeah, I mean, at the rate he's going, it's 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 not a lot. What what was Chief saying? He he ran the numbers for Chris Bosh and. Uh, yeah, the else. first 36 for uh, Bosch and Garnett. Yeah, they yeah. rookie seasons, I think, through this this many games, and he was trending higher than them. Obviously, small sample size, but just the eye test tells you that's totally possible. I mean, what what really shocks me is when he takes someone from the perimeter. It's like he doesn't look like his body knows how to do that yet. <laughs> And like it's a little awkward, and you know sometimes I'm like, oh shit, that that spin move's not gonna work. But he's got the confidence to try it, and I think it, it's like a you know half half of Grizz Nation has been saying he needs to be featured and all this, and other people are like, no, he needs to be brought along. The dude don't need to be brought along. He's here. He can hoop, and he can help us win. And the more we just baby him and coddle him. The worst is going to be like he he doesn't have the to me the mentality that needs to be like brought along slowly like he's he's kind of uh, I'm gonna just, like if we're going swimming I'm gonna jump in this pool first like <laughs> like out of the friend group you know he's just like give it all to me <laughs> like just I, I I'm glad at least he got his first uh, late game action against the Knicks right yeah crunch time action which he he's earned it he's earned that right um you know it i don't understand why we would not play him more and run more plays for him uh because he's shown the ability to score to knock down shots we need to take some pressure off of mike and mark like it's i don't know I, I, if i was the front office i would say if i was the owner i'd be like yo we need to uh, like feature this guy. Yeah, because he's getting twenty five minutes a game. I think, I think you can bump him up a little bit closer to that thirty mark. Because he, so he is averaging the seventh most minutes among rookies this season. And of the was that six guys ahead of him, two of them are like Doncic and SGA are you know on playoff. You know, Mavs are kind of fringe. They probably won't get there in the end, but Clippers could be for real and and could make it. Those guys are both making an impact. The the other guys ahead of him in minutes played are like Trey Young and some other folks just playing on like an eight and so on like really bad teams. And and, uh, Luka and SGA, they're more perimeter oriented, so they're not as prone to foul trouble. So that could have to do with the minutes as well. Yeah, because – He's averaging in games with where he gets five or more fouls. He's averaging twenty. He only gets to play twenty two minutes, but the other games where he stays out of foul trouble, so four or less, he's getting twenty seven minutes. So he is kind of like he he when he's able to, they are playing him a decent amount compared to other rookies, at least. Yeah, I know that it doesn't. It sure does not feel like that when you're watching the game. Sometimes you're like, where the heck is he? Why has he not been in? But that's what he is getting a decent amount of run. So, so who would you trade him for? Who would I? So there's like a million stipulations. Um, I think someone – is this assuming that like money works out however you want it, or is that part of the situation? Because I'd have to think it would be part of the situation. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not, make, like, it doesn't have to be exact, but close enough. Jeez. I, I, I can't even think of, so some people were saying, like, you know, you wouldn't train him for Embiid, you're crazy. But, and but, you, can, you can attach Chandler's contract, just assume oh, that. Oh, okay. okay. So, so the, mon- the money works. Yeah, I don't know, because he's so young. You're, it's hard for me to get the money out of my mind, because you're getting him so cheap for four years, you know? Right. So right. by the time that he gets to the age that Embiid like started becoming an all-star, he's got four years of NBA experience. Just think where he's going to be. Right. You know? And I, I don't. I wouldn't trade him for any of the older superstars. You know, anyone who's like late twenties, early thirties, because of longevity. You could. Have, I mean, you can have Jaron for forever, and that could be your guy. I, I really am. I haven't pinpointed anyone that I would trade him for, because I don't think that like it's whatever we do would be worth it right now when in a few years you're going to have so much money to hopefully bring in someone so that like hopefully Jaron is that type of personality that people want to come play with right right that's kind of what you have to hope for at least well yeah. do, do, do you think i'm trying to get me trying to get my brain going on like who would i'd potentially do it for but i'm not sure what do you have anyone in mind so i would trade him for lebron james right now uh cuz lebron's okay. got his contract, you know, he's not on a one year deal. Uh, uh, yeah. I, always I, would, I would do Steph Curry and maybe Greek Freak. Yeah, Giannis would probably be. I wouldn't do like in so in anyone else like Simmons, Mitchell, any of those guys. I don't think so. There's literally other than the people I just named because. Durant, well, not Durant, or well, Durant, no, because of his contract. I, okay. I'm using their their real contracts. Um, and and if I'm gonna listen to Greek Freak, I would also listen to Anthony Davis, but I'm not sure of his contract particulars. Um, if if he's got at least three years, I, I'd listen. But other than that, there's I don't think there, there's not a player in the NBA. Yeah, and not I'm scared. One. I'm scared of injuries too. I mean, most of those guys you listed outside of LeBron. I guess and Giannis, so Steph. Like Steph has injuries. AD. AD's had injury issues. Embiid's had injury issues. You know, all, all those guys have already gone through it, so that kind of scares me. I'm I'm just really adverse to it because you know Jaron's got we don't he may go you know a long time without something like that. So yeah, um, it's it's worth the gamble. <laughs> I, I think that's the, yeah that's got that's the moral of it is that you you worked really hard last year to suck and you got the best case scenario I w- I'd take him over any of the other rookies knowing what I know now yeah yeah and yeah exactly 100% wouldn't trade him for anything the Grizzlies are apparently going to be signing Joe Kim Noah in the next week which this whole thing has been weird, dude. Like we're signing a backup big man on a veterans minimum and they're act like acting like we're trying to court Kevin Durant from the Hamptons or something <laughs> like if we're going to sign Joe Kim, just sign him like all this deal. Oh, it's going to be around. next week. They're going to, he's like, going to be at the forum. Like how did, how did, how did we come to the agreement that we're going to sign him, sign him at the end of this week? Like what the fuck? That's just <laughs> like, that's stupid. Uh, first of all, like, I just, I don't like our front office doing things like that. Like making these promises and stuff like that. Like just sign the man unless he, unless I don't know, like, is he hurt right now? Is that why we're not signing him? What's going on? Just, yeah, I'm not like, we need him. We need the body now. If, if we're going to get him and he's going to play, what's the point? Yeah. Just go ahead and get him out there. Personally, I don't know. I'm not real. I don't know who all is available necessarily. He does not excite me because he's not someone who's going to score. And I, I know he's like a defensive mind, so that kind of goes along with what we've got. But uh, I was hoping that if we could get anyone, it would be, you know, like a Marshawn Brooks type player or something. Well, but I, I don't think – I mean, I don't think there's one out there. I don't know if there's a Gerald Green, you know, like the Rockets were able to just mm-hmm. grab Gerald last year. I don't – 
I, I, don't, I can't think of anyone, but I also wouldn't have thought Gerald Green would have just been on the couch and came in and had the impact he had. Yeah. So, um, well, I guess we do know one name out there, Carmelo. <laughs> but but uh, nah, that, That's a uh, whole new system we'd have to implement, I feel like. While we're talking about bringing the old Knicks back together. Uh, oh. Noah, I mean, what would you say are like the three main weaknesses of this team as constructed? Uh, scoring, obviously, and, and what else would you put in there? So scoring, I guess your front court depth because i mean rab just doesn't play for whatever reason he he i I really want that guy to be good i don't know why i don't know why but i really want him to be good but sometimes when he's out there he just looks so confused yeah like he he played against philly a little bit and man him and Embiid out there was just it was not even fair it looked like a high schooler playing out there with him but, uh, you know, Green, Jamichael's been awesome since he's come back. I've been really, really pleased with the energy he's brought. He's hitting threes well. Uh, but past that, you know, Anderson kind of scoots down there some, but they're not giving Caspi much run. So I, I, And we'll be a little deeper on the wings once Dylan comes back. I, I don't want to say there can't be another guard because we got Javon that we can use that we haven't. So I guess they're just are they just getting someone to put at the end of the bench, or do you think he's actually gonna like skip Rab and start playing some minutes? What do you what do you think they're gonna do there? <laughs> I think you just forgot I asked you a question. I <laughs> forgot you were answering my question <laughs> while you were on your tangent. <laughs> so uh, the three business biggest weaknesses are the scoring. Uh, I forgot that too. I don't know if I even answered them, did I? Front, just you, you said front court depth and then uh rebounding is is what i would say rebounding because yeah. we're, we're 30th in the league in rebounding and Ouch. offensive rebounding oh man so, that, that's embarrassing so i think he or any decent big center fits uh a, a much needed role on this team um because obviously our personnel that we have right now is not getting it done so I think having him come in and be able to play the the backup five and only the backup five. Like I don't think we're gonna see him next to Mark or anything like that. No funny business. Just when the other team has a backup big man that is a or Mark gets in foul trouble. Like we can't have Cantor going off for twenty five and twenty five or whatever he did. And yeah. we can't have Montrez Harrell going off for monstrous double doubles like and those guys have been doing that most of the season. Like they're probably averaging double doubles, but when we're holding teams to a hundred points, like we just can't, we can't have that. So, uh, and if we're not going to really play Rab, then I think we, I think we, we might as well sign Noah. And if it, if it doesn't work, then we cut him after a couple of weeks. But um, I agree. And I think most people agree. I heard, I think Chris Harrington was talking about this earlier that, uh, you know, obviously a score is more important, but I think that's just going to have to come through trade. But if we if we were to get one, like I think the Tim Hardaway Jr. deal, um, are we going to use him and let him – like he's not going to be able to play like he's playing on the Knicks as we currently play. Like because Marshawn's not out there just – I mean, he kind of is. Not passing. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's trying, man. He's trying yeah. to play that way. But – so I mean, would would but what I'm saying is, if we were to get Tim Hardaway, would we come let him just be Tim Hardaway Jr. or would we oh, try yeah. to kind of you know control his output uh, or his method of getting to the output? I guess so. I don't I don't know if 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 we're not gonna let Marshawn loose, then I don't know if we're gonna let any any gunner like that loose. No, nah, probably not. You, you, whoever you bring in is probably going to be based on the line of construction that the front office has worked on all summer. It's going to be someone who fits into the scheme that we already have. So it's probably not going to be, you know, a gunner who's just going to kind of go rogue on offense and just get buckets. I, I wouldn't picture it that way, at least. Yeah, no, not at all. But I think before we before I let you introduce the the schedule for the upcoming week, I think. A lineup I would like to see, or a rotation I would like to see, is Mike, Garrett, Kyle, Jaron, and Mark, like it's been. But then I would like to cut Wayne Seldon out of the rotation, 
play Caspi more at the mm-hmm. three, at the three four. Um, Mac at the backup one, obviously. Marshawn at the two. Caspi, um, Jamichael slash Kyle slash Caspi at the four, and then Joe Kim Noah when needed at the five. And I would just like to see how that works for for a little while because Caspi, we did. I don't. We barely even mentioned his name uh, in this like pod that's not now turned into almost a freaking hour but uh uh i guess that's why Lindsay's texting me <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh i would like to see that lineup and see if it generates some more points um because caspi's been really good and yeah I, i'm i've been uh impressed with him but much like marshall like some games we don't see him um and but and i feel like he's done a lot of good things like as awkward as he looks he, <laughs> he gets the job done and like whether it's setting pick and rolls or his three pointer is kind of coming around, so um, I would like to see how it looks with you know either Selden or Marshawn cut out of the lineup, and I would like to see what Marshawn could do as the primary backup score. It's a long season, so maybe you'll get your shot at some point. Oh, I'm sure I will at some <laughs> point. <laughs> All right, so this week coming up, Grizz have Raptors at home. So Raptors are currently leading the East. They're 17 and four. Obviously, they have uh, Kawhi Leonard now in place of DeMar DeRozan. He, he's been sitting a lot of games due to resting and other things, but I would assume they played their last game was Sunday. So they had a whole day off. So we'll probably see Leonard uh, yeah. at the forum on Tuesday. You know, good, bad, or indifferent. We'll have to go through him to get a shot at the Raptors. Kyle Lowry. Uh, still running things. He's averaging 15 and 10, uh, scoring a little bit less this season, but he's um, averaging more assists than anyone else in the league right now. So uh, that's big piece of theirs. Also, their center, Jose Valanchunas, uh, kind of been in and out. <laughs> Just know, give that man, Jose, <laughs> the name Jose. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Jonas. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Jonas. He's been in and out of the starting lineup, but he started the last three games. Uh, he he has a really good – he's been really good on defense for him. Uh, essentially, according to numbers at least, like a tick behind Mark and Jaron. So he's kind of in the top five of centers who've logged any sort of minutes. So that should be another good matchup down low. We cannot yeah. allow him to go for a monstrous double-double. No, that that seems to be you know a trend. If if the big men are scoring like Cantor and uh, Harrell, that's going to be you know those are points that we can't give up because that's where we should have the advantage almost every game. Yeah, that's going to be a fun game though. I'm excited to see that one. Yeah, and they're top five offensive team, top ten defense. Same thing as last year. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stand out on Toronto Island again. Did that last year. Um, this is the year you should be <laughs> I, but I, I swore I wouldn't do it so I gotta be a man of my word maybe I will yeah so they're, they're very well rounded they got five guys averaging double figures and then three more guys averaging nine points a game uh, Danny Green's averaging 43% beyond the arc so they're, they're, they're a good team so we'll see how that goes then Friday travel to Brooklyn obviously Karis LeVert is out for a long time, uh, may come back this season, but D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie are kind of their aver- or their leading scorers. They shoot a lot of threes, so they make they're second in the league in three pointers made, uh, even though they don't have a very good percentage compared to the rest of the league. So they're jacking up shots, and their defense is 26th in the league, so they're not defending very well. They're very turnover prone. Uh, so Memphis has to take advantage of these. I know during during the win, Memphis win streak, they were uh, the five game, at least four out of the five, they had more, or they had less turnovers than their opponent. So that's a big key for the Grizzlies to win. Uh, we We don't have enough possessions to give the ball up. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if there's any team in the league we can blow out, it's going to be Brooklyn because they don't play defense. We can carve them up and they, maybe they'll have an off night shooting. (laughs) I feel like this is our chance to blow somebody out. Yeah. Of course they got D'Angelo Russell too. 
Yada, yada, yada. So hopefully we can, maybe that'll be the game where we start to see some of these guys on the end of the bench. Who knows? Maybe so. I I, I hope so. Win or lose. Sunday, go back to, or Sunday we travel to Philly. Um, Last time we played him was here in Memphis when they had nine players. That was between when uh, Sarich and Covington were on the way up to Minnesota and Butler's on the way down, so they were pretty shorthanded. Uh, overtime game where Embiid you know, had a, a big game. They don't have Fultz, whatever's up with him. So, that, so Fultz was starting for them, and then Reddick would start the second half and then play yeah. a lot more minutes, but now Reddick's just starting. Yeah. And he's shooting freaking eight threes a game and hitting 35% of them. Yeah, that, that that seems pretty good. Like, Jimmy Butler has already hit two game winners since in like eight games. Uh, that's that's going to be a fun team to watch. Like, if if anybody's going to challenge the Raptors, I, as of right now, I'd probably put my money on, on the Sixers to, to take them. Yeah, that's definitely what they're counting on. So, that, yeah, they're high-powered starting lineup they're not you know not super deep since they gave away one of their uh pretty good uh role players but uh landry shamet and tj mcconnell off the bench yo boy shamet shamet i don't even know if it's shamet or shamay i don't really know someone said shamet so that the grizzlies in-game announcer did so i'm assuming that's it i i feel like that's what pete says so uh pete's ah. always right i hope you did pete I, I hope he goes one for 11 from three again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, obviously I do too. So that, that game will be, that'll be a tough one. Yeah. So uh, two, two games against really good Eastern conference teams. And then the Brooklyn game where hopefully we'll get to see some young guys. So uh, all in all, it's kind of exciting week for the Grizz. Yeah. Even though, I mean, I, I'm sure Vegas has us going one and two this week. Yeah, it'll be every week. There's always something to look forward to, and uh, I'll have a preview of this up in the morning on the hyphenbarnburner dot com, so you guys can uh, check out everything that I basically just told you, but in print form. Exactly. <laughs> um, shout out to the Memphis Tigers, James Wiseman. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the underscore barnburner. Like us on Facebook. Uh, I think it's like at Barnburner blog or something like that. Yeah. Um, Instagram, find us wherever at Barnburner Professor at Barnburner Slim. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and I'll let Professor take it out. We'll catch you next week. Holler. Where's the sign off thing? <laughs>